You know, the Christmas time certainly kind of brings with it the sort of romantic feeling that we enjoy with the songs and the festivities this time of year. It also doesn't take away the reality of life and what happens in the midst of that. And I don't know, but perhaps it could be possible even for you here this evening. Maybe you're facing something in your life that would perhaps actually require a miracle right now. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe there's something that's humanly impossible and it would actually require God himself to intervene in such a way personally with his power to do something miraculous. And it truly would take a miracle of God to deal with something maybe that's going on in your life right now. Well, despite what you're facing tonight or may even be feeling, I want to remind you that the very celebration of Christmas itself honestly is the celebration that proves to us biblically that our God is a God of miracles. It reminds us that God is a God of love, that he cares about us and that he will spare no extent to help his people. It reminds us that God has all power to do anything and that with God, all things are possible and that with God, nothing is impossible. And when we celebrate Christmas, it really reminds us of that. In fact, one of the passages we read tonight that we want to just bring to your attention for a moment and reflect upon of the sending of God's son into this world, Matthew chapter one, verse 22 and 23. Let me remind you of it. We're going to put it on the screen for you to see as well. Matthew one, verse 22 and 23. We already read it. It says this. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated or which means God with us. So God here speaking through Isaiah, the prophet, one of his servants predicted in advance. And let me just say over 700 years in advance regarding the time when he would send his savior into this world for mankind. God would send his savior into this world to deliver us from the power and the punishment and penalty that we all deserve for our sins and the things that we all do wrong. But God would send his savior, this prophecy tells us, in a very unusual way. That is in a way whereby God wanted to be extremely clear that he had just sent his savior. So God chose to send his savior in the world and he predicted in advance it would happen in a way that it would be very evident and hopefully that nobody could misunderstand or miss that God had just sent his savior into the world. God said there would be a sign that is which points to something important. He said, behold. And the idea of behold there literally means pay attention. Take note of this. Behold. Take note of this. This is important. Don't miss this, God was saying. And then he said, the virgin shall be with a child. That is a woman who was not married, a woman who had never had relations with any man would become pregnant with a child inside of her body. Something that could not, something that did not happen naturally. It would be impossible. It would be very unusual 
something that did not normally happen, that outside of the normal way of creation, apart from a man and a woman naturally creating a child, God said that a woman would be pregnant with a child, a son, in her womb. And that this would be so unusual that it would draw attention to the fact that this is something humanly impossible that's taking place. It was a miracle. It was God doing something miraculous. God, by his power, would supernaturally cause a, a Jewish girl to conceive a child, a son, in her womb, and then ultimately to give birth to that child, which, of course, the Bible tells us would be the Son of God and the Savior of the world. So the very Son of God, Jesus who was eternally existent, who had always been in heaven together with his father. It's not that Jesus' life began when he came to this earth. His human life began when he came to this earth. But Jesus had existed as the son of God, as God forever upon the throne of God. But God sent the savior, his son, into this world by doing a miracle and placing the very life of his son depositing his son's life into the womb of a woman into her body in such a way whereby jesus would be born as a little humble baby and he would come into this world in the most approachable humble way having god as his father and mary as his human mother so that jesus could be both god and man completely at the exact same time this was the way god basically took a human nature to himself and almighty God became a person just like you and I. He became a man. He lived among us and experienced everything we did. That's why Jesus, the Bible says, was to receive the name or title Emmanuel, which means God was with us because Jesus was God being with us, God coming to live among us. God wanted to be together with us and amongst us, to, to live in a humble form as a human, to experience life like us. Jesus, when he walked on this earth, was God's way of coming and taking on a human body, living as a man, so that we could see clearly what God is really like. Not what we think he's like, not what people may have given us the idea he's like, maybe not even what a religious experience or a church upbringing may have given us the idea of what God is like. No, Jesus came to reveal clearly this is what God is like. Here I am. The way that I handle things, the way that I say things, what I do, what I don't do, Jesus revealed to us what God is like so that we can know God in a really personal way, in a real way to have a relationship with him. Look, no wonder, despite why, no matter what we could be experiencing this holiday, and maybe it's some hardship. Maybe it's the recent loss of a loved one in your life. Maybe you're just going through a very difficult season. Maybe you're in a very lonely time. But considering what God's done, we all still have a reason to have a merry Christmas. That despite what's going on, considering what God has done, there's still a reason. There's still one reason to have a merry Christmas, to be joyful in light of what we remember that an all-loving, all-powerful God, a miracle-working God, desired to be involved to help us, and he did what was miraculous to bring that about in our life. I mean, just consider, if you would, with me for a moment, the reality of that, just the miracle of God's promise. The miracle of God's promise. I mentioned a moment ago that prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7 that Matthew's quoting there. That prophecy was a prediction, a promise 
that God made 700 years and he kept it for 700 years. God made a promise and kept it for 700 years. Now, I don't know about you, but that's miraculous. A 700-year promise? A promise that somebody can keep for 700 years? That's absolutely miraculous. As human beings, we are known for doing what? Making promises and not keeping them. Making commitments to things like many might do on New Year's Eve, right? And then never following through with those things. We, we're, we're known for making promises and not fulfilling them, making commitments and plans and not following through with them. And, and we're ex- always experiencing people at times doing that to us and being on the receiving end. Someone commits to something in your life and then they don't follow through with that commitment. Someone gave you a promise and then they don't follow through with their promise. And we live in a world where people are constantly not reliable and unkept promises, if we're honest, are the result of a lot of hurt in many people's hearts, even this time of year. Unkept promises, unmet commitments, people who didn't follow through cause a lot of wounded relationships and a lot of people therefore are disappointed, let down even this time of year. And perhaps honestly, you're here this evening and maybe that is something that you're experiencing. Maybe you're experiencing firsthand the struggles in some way you are in your life because of some unkept promise someone who didn't maintain a commitment and the hurt and the difficulty that goes along with that and the wounding of those things. Look, human beings, let me just remind you, we're all weak. We're flawed people. We all make mistakes. We're not always reliable. I mean, we we can't even keep a promise, can we sometimes, for seven days, let alone seven years. But God kept a promise for 700 years. God made and kept a promise for 700 years. I call that miraculous. And despite what happened throughout human history, the failures and sins and mistakes of mankind, God still remained reliable for 700 years. The mistakes that I made, the mistakes people in the generation past made, all these mistakes and failures could have very much tempted anyone, certainly God himself, who's never made a mistake to say, you know what, I'm done with that promise. But God kept his promise still. God followed through, God showed up in Jesus when he sent him, and the miracle of God's promise reminds us that God is reliable. God's reliable. And I hope that encourages your heart this evening because what God says, you can rest assured he means it and he can and do what he says. And unlike people, God is reliable. God will always be reliable. And what we celebrate at Christmas reminds us, a 700-year-old promise that God's reliable. And even if people aren't, God will be reliable. And maybe you're even struggling in some way this evening, troubled within over something, you can rest and actually be at peace at Christmas. Here's how. If you rely on God. Don't rely on people. You rely on God and you can have peace in your heart because God's reliable and God will always come through. Make a decision tonight to rely on God and to trust him to come through. So there's this miracle of God's promise and then think of the miracle of what God also performed in the midst of that. Again, we talked about it a moment ago. What did God do? God did something where he superseded human laws of nature and science. I mean, he put a child inside of a woman. I mean, that's pretty miraculous. (laughs) 
God caused a miracle to happen in this woman's life whereby she ended up having the baby Jesus inside of her body and ultimately as, as a, a virgin woman to then give birth to this child so Jesus could be exactly who he needed to be, fully God and fully man, so that God could save mankind and so that we could be in a right relationship with God. That's impressive, miraculous Power. That's why when the angel assured Mary at the birth announcement, that's why the angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. See, the very way that God sent his Savior, the very way that God sent his son Jesus into this world is living proof that God has the power to do miraculous things that are humanly impossible, that God still has the power to do those things, that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. There may be something in your life right now that honestly it is humanly impossible and you say look this is just it's just humanly impossible well maybe it is with you and your ability and strength and capability and with someone else's assistance maybe it's still humanly impossible but heaven can do the impossible God sending Jesus shows us that he has miraculous power to do the impossible still that there is nothing ever too hard for the Lord and as we celebrate Christmas and the sending of Christ, it reminds us of God's miraculous power. And I want to encourage you, if you're facing something like that, cry out for God's intervention. He loves you. God wants to be with you in the midst of that struggle and situation and, and cry out for God's miraculous intervention. God, with you, nothing's impossible. God, with you, all things can become possible. And so, God, I'm going to choose to believe and not think from a human perspective that you can always still do a miracle. They waited for 700 years for Jesus to come. Do you think they were thinking, I guess God's never going to show up? 700 years? 700 years? They w but God came through. May not have been on their timetable, but God came through. God still did a miracle. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that if God didn't spare his own son, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? The idea there is what the Bible is trying to say is, is if God didn't hold back and withhold his absolute best gift, Christmas time we give gifts, we're going to get the best gift. God gave Jesus. That's a pretty good gift. God gave the most valuable, wonderful thing he had. If he didn't hold back Jesus and he gave us Jesus, the Bible is trying to say if he didn't hold back Jesus, why would he hold back other things that are smaller and less significant? God wants to help. And he wants us to know that he has the power to help and to come to him for that help. So we see God provided something incredible and performed something just miraculous Think lastly, if you would, what was actually provided, the miracle of what God did provide. He provided a way to have our sins forgiven, to have the assurance of going to heaven after we die. I mean, the way that God sent Jesus provided so much for us because the common problem we all have in this room, whether we are six years old or 10 years old or 16 or 60 years old, we all have the same problem. We all make mistakes. We all fail. We all do things wrong. And, and that's called sin. And we all sin and make mistakes. And, and that makes us dirty before a holy and a righteous God who one day we have to stand before. So we have a problem. But God in his love took care of the problem. God made a way by sending Jesus to say, yes, you do wrong things and you're guilty and you deserve punishment for that. But I don't want you to be punished. 
So because I love you, I'm going to send Jesus into this world as a savior. And he is going to live the life that's sinless and perfect that you could never live as a human being and no human being could ever live. And then I'll punish him instead of punishing you. I'll put all the punishment upon his shoulders as he dies upon the cross and I'll punish him so that you can be forgiven of the wrong things you've done and so that you can be free and so that you can be spared from going to hell and suffer eternally for your sins and you can go to heaven forever and live with God after you die. And what God provided is absolutely incredible. No doubt that's why Jesus did say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so whoever believes in him, that's all you got to do, believe, won't perish, but have everlasting life. And that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. A miracle, the saving of a soul. He provided a way to be freed from sin's punishment and sin's power, even controlling us, because if the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. And I'll tell you something. You don't have to live perhaps the way that you've been living if you've been struggling under some sin or life-dominating habit because Jesus is a savior. And he doesn't just take away the punishment of sin. He can take the power of sin from controlling your life any longer because he can set you free. You know, I in some ways think perhaps the greatest miracle of all, you know what it truly is in some ways, the greatest miracle of all this, that God actually wants to be with us. I mean... Almighty God, creator God of heavens and earth wants to be with us in a personal way, the Bible says. And Jesus demonstrates that. You know, I think of that phrase, that three-word phrase, God with us, and I kind of wonder, where's the emphasis fit best there? Is it supposed to be on the first word? That God wants to be with us? I, I mean, who? Did, did you say God? God? I, I mean, I'd be impressed if this... God, God himself wants to be with us? Or is it supposed to be on with? God wants to be with us? I mean, like in a personal way? I mean, I, I understand do a little religious activity once in a while and kind of, you know, but no, wait a minute, you're, you're trying to tell me that God wants to be with me every day of my life? Yes. He wants to be with me like in a close relationship like my wife or my dad or mom or my, my child or my, or my closest. Yeah, God wants to be with you. That close. God wants to live with you every, with, wow. Where is it supposed to be on the last word? Us. Sometimes I wonder if it's that for me. God wants to be with us. Us? Does he know who we are? He wants to be with us. Sinful people who at times have done things to really offend God and to ignore God and brush God aside, but yet God still, despite what I've done in my life, God wants to be with me still? Yep. He wants to be with every one of us. And all we need do is believe those realities. And if we're willing to believe and receive Jesus as an act of that faith, the Bible tells us that God's spirit comes within us and God literally moves inside and he lives within us. He literally shares his life with us, helping us in all we do, forgiving our sin and giving us himself in a personal way. You know, what a wonderful thing to consider, the miraculous coming of Jesus. It reminds us that God is reliable, that God's reliable. It reminds us that God is powerful, powerful. And it reminds us that God wants to be with 
us in a personal way every day of our life. And here's the greatest news, not just at Christmas. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together.